0: Hi, this is Emily Nolan and you're listening to Brave Talks. This week, I'm going to be sharing an excerpt of my interview with Jessica Pate, the founder of We Are Brave Together, an organization devoted to supporting mothers and caregivers of children with special needs. Jessica and I connected on Instagram before my social media sabbatical. She has three children and her middle son Ryan has Prader-Willi syndrome. We've connected deeply about what it means to raise a child with challenges and protect them while also fighting mom guilt. Jessica interviewed me on her podcast, Brave Together. And while we spoke, I was able to ask her some questions about how radical self-acceptance and honesty in her motherhood journey has impacted her and her family. This episode is an excerpt from that conversation, and I'm so excited to share Jessica's answers in our discussion with you. I have a question for you. So I follow other moms with food allergies and uh, special needs parents, and some of them have decided to only have one child. Or they say, like, we've had multiple children, but like one kid who has special needs takes up all of our energy and the other kids kind of get left behind. And so it's a big challenge for them to try and integrate. I wonder how you integrate your family and what that relationship is like.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Any tips for that?
1: Yeah. Actually, um, at the time of this recording, we're doing uh, the sibling series on the podcast. Oh, cool. So, And this week's episode that drops, I'm interviewing Luke, my oldest. (sighs) Cool. So I love this topic. Um when when we had Ryan, so Ryan is number 2, we just had a strong desire for a third. It just wasn't a question. We just really really had that desire. We knew there were risks, not that it's a 1 in a million chance to get an, to have another child with PWS, but we just had a burning desire and we couldn't deny it. And we just, any scenario that we played out, whether we did genetic testing or did not, whether we ended up with another child with special needs or not, every scenario we would say, this child is a gift and we will do everything we can for this child. So we just relaxed and we had Kate and I always say, God knew we needed Kate. So it's she's a huge blessing to the family. And I'm so grateful that we didn't let any fear stop us. Um what I say about you know multiple kids, yes, Ryan takes up a lot of time and and energy and space, but we try to talk about it and openly. It wasn't something that was ever shoved under the rug. Um, don't talk about it. Don't say it. Um, you know, I'll say to my kids, "It kind of sucks sometimes." Like I just put it out there on the table. Like it's this is really hard. Um, who needs a break? You know and we would do one-on-one dates and trips with our other kids. Um, Chris just took Luke to Oregon on a road trip. Um, When Kate turns 16, I'll take her to New York. Um, We splinter up just to try to meet the needs of the family and without guilt because they deserve that one-on-one time. And um, and we just try to keep the dialogue open. One thing I do wish, looking back, is I wish we just would have started family therapy early on to give everyone a place to just share and um, maybe, you know, prevent any, I mean, who knows, prevent any funky dynamics from developing that can develop in a special needs family in any family as a family yeah i mean i you know i think about like codependency i think about trying to be peacekeepers you know to like squash the tantrum and you know that can sort of wire in you like let's keep everything under wraps or um another thing with siblings like they don't have needs they do have needs but they squash their own needs because one sibling takes up so much time and energy and effort or there's pressure on the siblings to be perfect, not make mistakes, not cause any rifts because there's enough going on with a special needs sibling. Um so I I wished and we've talked about all of that, um but I wish we would have invited the help of a family therapist early on, so that's something I would definitely recommend. I think you also have to accept that no matter what you do to try to make it up, air quotes, to your other children, how much time, attention, and focus is placed on the child with extra healthcare needs, that you can never make up for it. You can never fully compensate as if that is not a part of your story. And um, so you have to kind of accept that. Mm-hmm. I always say they're going to be great spouses because of everything that they've learned, endured, encountered, matured in our story. Spouses, human beings, friends.
0: The reason you have children is to make the future a better place, right? And just to have that lesson so early on and and, um, understanding of other people's needs in addition to your own. So, so important. I imagine as a perfectionist, it must be so, it must either be or have been. I don't know where you're at, but such a challenge for you to radically accept that you're never going to meet all of Ryan's needs and you're just going to have to be okay with everything you can give him and you're doing the best that you can. Brene Brown has a, a quote where she says, something to the effect of, you just got to believe that everyone's doing the best they can. Even if you don't think so, everyone's doing the best they can. And you have to live life that way. And so mom guilt is so hard to live with. And I don't, I, I just wonder like how you navigate that when you do feel it. Like, so I imagine, I imagine you felt it a lot and then you pro- it's probably a little bit easier now because you have some context and you've had some experience, but I, I wonder what
1: it's like for you. Where I feel bad, I wouldn't say guilty because I, I think mom guilt is false guilt. I call it false guilt because it's not really that you actually did anything wrong, but we like to talk unkindly to ourselves. Where I where it hits me is when i see how stressful it is for the family um where you know we we can't take family trips because it's just it's just too hard you know N- you know where i see kate not wanting to have friends over because what if what if what if what if he falls apart what if he acts a certain way is difficult won't stop talking interfere you know just Things that can happen with typical siblings, um, but it's way extra and exaggerated. And I feel more tense as a mom and less silly and playful. Like I'm, I feel like I'm super fun with my girlfriends and I'm more tense in my home life. And I've talked about that openly with them too, that I feel that way. And I, I thought I would be so much more fun as a mom. And I carry underlying tension that's hard for me. And, and even though they both seem right now unscathed, and when I interviewed Luke, he was very kind. And I said, you can say anything, you don't have to, you don't have to filter. Um, In years to come, as they get older, they'll see the impact. And, and I hope that they share that openly, with me for and not be afraid that they're going to hurt my feelings of what it was really like growing up because at times it's been very traumatic. But I I can't say I don't feel any guilt about doing one-on-one times or trips or hiring sitters for Ryan so that the rest of us could go do something. He's happier at home. It's easier for him. And we all get a little bit of respite. And I don't feel bad about that. I don't feel bad about that.
0: I love that you said in the beginning that mom guilt isn't real because we didn't actually do anything wrong, unless of course we did. Yeah, we just are constantly judging ourselves and and speaking unkindly to ourselves. And that's, again, part of this bigger piece of radical self-acceptance, right? Like it, it impacts so many places in our lives, so many pieces of our lives and I just pick at myself still, you know, like Oliver's weaning nursing and, and, you know, I didn't listen to that allergist and we continued to nurse and I ate the way that Oliver eats because if he can eat this way, our whole house has to eat this way. Cause I'm only making one meal. And, uh, you know, I feel guilty that I'm letting him wean himself. Like if he doesn't ask for milk, I don't give it to him, which is like how you're actually supposed to do it at least according to my lactation consultant, but then there's so many other moms. And I was uh, chatting about this with um, one of my girlfriends who also is nursing her baby. And I said, you know, uh, hashtags like world breastfeeding week or whatever, also be triggering to some people when they include facts that make it seem like it's a better choice or like I did it for four years or I did it for five years or I did it for two and a half years and all there's only two. And all of a sudden I'm like, am I a bad mom? Should I give it to, should I like force him to take milk? I don't know. But it's nice to hear you say it's not guilt. It's unkindness. And yes. And that we can give ourselves the grace
1: of radical acceptance and kindness. You know, Fast forward to um, my daughter going into high school, and she has friends who are already taking tutoring classes for the practice SAT. That's, I'm not going to do that, but I could talk myself into, oh my gosh, I'm letting her fall behind. She should be doing classes. She should have tutoring in every subject. I should, I should, I should, I should, right? Like, so it's going to be really easy to look at what your mother friends are doing what's happening in your community and your schools. Um, You decide what's best for you. Like my neurotypicals don't want to be overscheduled and I don't believe in that anyway, but it really helped me set a, a, a nice pace versus like we're doing something every single day. You're in a tutoring or a sport or an instrument or whatever, you know, every single day. That's just, they don't thrive on that that's who they are. And they will find their own path. And we don't have to listen to our culture that says they need to be doing a thousand things to get ready for college and check a thousand boxes. Can we just
0: all like take a minute to think about all the things we do to, you know, get our our children ahead and just let ourselves off the hook? Yes. Like, I was thinking how wonderful COVID has been in that respect where right. prior to that, Ollie was on the soccer team, then he had play dates, and then he had
1: this, and then he had that, and then every day we had this, and we had to do mm-hmm. whatever it was. But I really think that we've been given intuition and the internal skills and heart and capabilities to make these decisions for our families. And we just have to shut our ears to culture and society and Instagram and Facebook and just do what's best for for you and be confident with that decision. So is there anything in your daily practice that contributes to radical self-acceptance? Mm.
0: I would say move I have to move every day. I whether it's go for a run or do yoga or make up sometimes I do planks while I read Ollie his books or we watercolor in a plank. I don't know there's just some form of movement as an athlete I I have to have that every day unless I have a hangover from a Saturday night with girlfriends or
1: <laughs>
0: you know there's some rare occasion where I'm not feeling very movie but I have to move every day and then I have the calm app. And I listen to a meditation every day. I I used to be very rigid about sitting, making sure the door is locked, closing my eyes. But sometimes now I just lay in bed and listen to it or I put it
1: on after a run and I just walk and mm-hmm. listen to that. I love the calm app. I I discovered that or I, I should say I probably had it on my phone, but I didn't start utilizing it till COVID hit because I just thought I needed to introduce something new since we were having a new stressor in our life. I thought uh, I would try that. So I try to do that most mornings, the little 10 minute meditation, just deep breaths. Tamara, love it. Love her. And there's so much on there. I love the music. I love the story. One of the things that I left
0: out too is every night before bed, I pray. And it's very simple and it really feels authentic to me. And what I ask myself is I lay in bed and I just like cuddle up against my pillow and I ask myself, um, it's a prayer that mother Teresa used to say, but it's how can I change myself so that I can change the world? And instead of trying to change things, you know, let's just say, can you heal so-and-so or whatever? It's like, how can I, change myself so that so-and-so can heal. And maybe it's not a a physical healing, but rather, um, let's use my grandfather who has leukemia. How can I change myself? It's a good question. How can I change myself so that he's healed? And maybe the healing is a different type of healing and it's bringing Oliver over to bring him joy. And that is healing in a way. And so on Tuesday, I'm going to bring Oliver over to my grandfather's house and provide that. And so every night there's always like one thing that pops up for me. Maybe it's, um, perfectionism. How can I heal myself so that I can heal that lens that I see the world in and, or what can I change about myself to heal that or change that lens that I see the world in? And sometimes I just remind myself, take the middle road. Whatever it is. And, and every night, every single night, I just look forward to that because it's quick. And it's, I love that intuitive self-help, not guided by,
1: you know, the 10, 10 things you need to do before bed. I love that. I think that's wonderful. And I wholeheartedly agree. How can I be a better person to make a better world? This has been so nice. I think we could do this all day, Emily. <laughs> I think we can talk to you all day. What's one thing you would tell your younger self? That could be, you know, last year or ten years, you know, whatever, wherever it strikes you. Yeah,
0: I, it sounds cliche, and you know, but you're perfect just the way you are. And to be brave enough to believe that, and to have the courage to. intuitively, you know, just feel it in your bones and then act upon it and, and not let someone else change that, the opinion you have of yourself. And there's so many things I would tell my younger self, right? I know. That's, that's a book. Yeah. But, you know, it would just be to be brave enough to believe that I'm good enough just the way that I am. And I would start from there.
1: I love that. Yes. I would too. I would too. Is that what you would tell yourself? Oh, so many things, but yes, that for sure. As a recovering perfectionist. Yeah. I wish that I could have just embraced that and was like you said, brave, like brave to walk in that and not, not own it and not, not be um, a sponge, accepting all the other messages and shoulds and myths about who I need to be or strive to be. One of the things that I think families of children
0: with, with needs and special needs, one of the beautiful things that comes with it, I think is this bravery that they learn at a young age, like your children and, and your children who don't have as many needs uh, and Kate They learned at a young age, I think, to be braver. I'm wondering what your experience is. But because they've had to advocate for their brother, you know, they have this and they can't waver with that advocacy because that's permanently their brother. This is their family. This is their life. This is their love. This is their bubble, you know, this is their home. This is their touch point, their base point, you know. So they can't waver, you know, but for a child who doesn't have those challenges early on, I think it's much harder to be braver unless you have open conversations all the time with your child, exposing them to these experiences that require um, adversity and, you know, resilience and grit and bravery and courage to say, this is my brother and I love him and he's a part of our family. And these are the things that we need as a family and we can't change that or else it throws off the whole family. You know, so what's your experience with that with teenagers in terms of, do you think they're braver than you as a, as a
1: teenager? Um, that is a great question. I think maybe there's probably a sci- a quieter, bravery that exists um, than an overt bravery because of everything that they have experienced and um, however hard, you know, our story is there's such fierce cheerleaders for Ryan too. And I think, I think we'll see it play out over time, but I think there's the normal teen, Stuff that you just want to be a regular teen and you don't want to stand out. We stand out as a family when we're out and about, you know. Um, so I think they're still, they're still human and still teens and still there are still parts that are hard. But I think it can't help but make them braver, stronger, everything that they've seen and been a part of. What do you tell them, dear little Luke, dear little Kate, you know, I'm just
0: curious because I, I'm, I'm curious because I want to know how do we, I don't know if there's an an answer, but how do we inspire teenagers and young, younger preteens to mm-hmm. have this bravery that you and I would say, yes. that's what we wanted Gosh. our younger selves to be. That's
1: a really great question. I think just always be really, really open, accepting of all feelings, thoughts, statements, emotions, because anything that I have felt, they have felt. So whether I've been upset, frustrated, irritated, angry, sad, disappointed, experiencing grief, loss, they've experienced it. And so just to say it and and to, sometimes we need other people, as you know, to show us who we are. And so for me and for my husband, Chris, to really show them who they are, just who they are and who they are as a result of, of what they've been through and, and what life is like on a daily basis. I echo that 100%. I think
0: that if we could just be as radically honest as possible, and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling, or let's talk about this, even though it's uncomfortable. I am curious to see if that would actually raise braver, more courageous human beings at a younger age, as opposed to teenagers and preteens that are afraid to have these conversations. And, you know, I mean, we could we could have a whole nother
1: podcast about radical honesty. Oh, absolutely. We'll have to do that. I don't know. Just absolutely be intentional about communication and honesty. I mean, you know, you decide how much of your story that you share and unfold with your kids as they grow and become teenagers and young adults. But um, I try to, you know, from time to time, just throw out things to be you know, really blunt, just to know that they can communicate, um, that they can say things, and they don't always, because they're teenagers, and so they don't, you know, share and express as much as I would love, as much as I would want. But that's that's teenagers, and I trust that more will come out later as they grow. And you know, I'm less mother and more friend when they're in their twenties. You know. This was really great, really rich. I appreciate your perspective and the work that you're doing. Any woman who is uplifting other women and mothers and shouting all of our worth and value because we are breathing beautiful human beings. Thank you. Thank
0: you so much. I appreciate all the work that you're doing. And
1: when I think of you, I
0: think of having a mentor, frontor leader who has been there, done that and is selflessly giving so much to all of us who are just starting to go down these paths and or who are on them and feel lost. So thank you for continuing that. I know that you're further down the road than many of us and you wouldn't have to necessarily do this, but it just is so wonderful to have the leadership, the light on the path. So thank you
1: for that. Uh-huh. You're welcome. I always say this. I, I had to, I had to do something just knowing what this journey is like and knowing the isolation that mothers feel, the altered journey that it is and accepting that needing a tribe. And I'm, I'm such a girlfriend's girlfriend and we need, we need our inner circle, holy of holy women in our life that uplift us and support us and get us. So thanks for being a part of the tribe. Thank you. All right. We'll talk again. All right. Take care.